0: Welcome to the Accra Community Church Podcast. As you listen to God's word today, may it become for you fresh water for your thirsty soul, give you hope to cope, and wisdom to thrive, excel, and become everything God says you are. God bless you as you listen to today's sermon. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for you doing awesome things, great things in our midst. We thank you for today you have brought us together to worship and to strengthen each other. We give you praise in Jesus' name, amen. So we started an eight-week series on the foundation doctrines of our faith. And today we end with the last topic, which is about the church. Now in the Bible, there are many illustrations or many words used to describe the church. What is the church and what the church stands for? But I want to read few scriptures and focus on maybe one particular definition of the church in Matthew chapter 16 from verse 13 to 19 we see the first time when Jesus talked about his church and let me read quickly it says Matthew chapter 16 from verse 13 to 19 when Jesus had come to the region of Caesarea Philippi he asked his disciples who do people say the son of man is They said, some say John the Baptist, others Elijah, and still others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He asked them, but who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, or you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Then Jesus told him, how blessed are you, Simon son of Jonah, since flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, though my Father in heaven has. I tell you that you are Peter, and it is on this rock that I would build my church, and the powers of hell will not conquer it. I will give you the keys to the kingdom from heaven. Whatever you prohibit on earth will have been prohibited in heaven. And whatever you permit on earth will have been permitted in heaven. Amen. So here Jesus, knowing it is time, and when we read on, it talks about from then, Jesus started telling them about how he has to go to Jerusalem and die. For all the years Jesus had been with the disciples, they know who he is. There were a few times they doubted, and people questioned who he was was but here Jesus brought them to a place and asked them first who do people say I am people don't know who Jesus is their knowledge of Jesus is about what he does he's a prophet he's Elijah coming who has come back he's John the Baptist says this Fine, all is good people have different perceptions about Jesus Everything they say is a good thing. But Jesus asked them, you, who do you say I am? And Peter confessed and said, you are the Christ. You are the Christ, the son of the living God. Now, this is the key word or the key basis of the church. Peter confessed and said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus said, you are blessed, Peter, because flesh and blood did not reveal this to you. It is my Father in heaven who has revealed this to you. Then he goes further to say, now you are Petrus. And upon this Petra, I build my ecclesia. These are the Greek words used in that phrase. And I'm using this to help us understand what Jesus was saying. Now he's saying, Peter... This confession, this revelation that you have received about me, it is the basis on which I build my church. So for anybody to belong to the church of God, the person must have this revelation. Jesus is the Christ. The Christ, that is, the only one who can save the world. And the only one through whom we can be saved. Believing Jesus as a good man is not enough. Believing that Jesus is a miracle worker or a prophet sent from God is not enough to make you a member of God's church. Believing he is one of the great people that has ever worked on this earth is true. But that is not enough for you to belong to the church. There is only one truth that you need to have about Christ. And this is a revelation you should have, not an idea, but a revelation. Something that is deep seated in you. Something that you don't you the circumstances of life cannot change your mind about. It should be a revelation coming to that point of your life of accepting this truth as the only truth. That Christ, that Jesus is the Christ, the only son of God. Now, when the Jew says Jesus is the son of God, that is one of the challenges that you had with Jesus himself. To say you are the son of God means you are God. Based on the Old Testament scriptures, God cannot have a son. And so for God to have a son, it must be God manifesting As a human. So Jesus calling himself the son of God. Was a big issue for the Jews. So for Peter to say. You are Jesus. Or you are the Christ. That is the only savior. The only one anointed. The Christ. The Messiah means the anointed one. It is not. One of the Christ. A Christ. It is not a Christ. But the Christ. The only one that is qualified, and that has been anointed, and that has been chosen to save the world. He says, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus says that, Peter, based on this revelation, you are a stone, Petros, and upon the rock, which is this foundation, this words you have spoken, that Jesus is the Son of God, the Christ, the only Son of God, based on this foundation, I will build my church. Now, the ecclesia, or the word church, is a Greek word which had always existed before Jesus came. It comes from the Greek history or the uh, um, method of democracy. For the Greeks, any young man at the age of, I think, 20, you are part of the assembly. They have a general assembly which meets, which has developed to become what we have today as parliament. Then, in Greek, Old Greek, everyone who is 18, between 18 and 20, young man, you are qualified to be part of this assembly. And when they meet, the assembly meets or the ecclesia meets, they are called out once. When the ecclesia meets, they take decisions. Every decision that the ecclesia takes, it is final and binding. Nobody can change it. No ruler, nobody can change what the ecclesia had decided. And so Jesus is saying that, now, I am calling out people who believe that I am the Christ, the son of the living God. And anyone who believes in it is part of this body of called at once who are decision makers and decides what should happen on this earth. And whatsoever they decide on this earth is already decided in heaven. When Jesus taught us to pray, he says, pray this way. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Let your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The will of the Father could not happen on earth because there is no instruments or people for God to use since the rebellion. But as the church comes into place, the will of God in heaven can be implemented here on earth. And so when the church meets and takes a decision, and let me say this, that First, when we talk about the church, it is not a local assembly as we have at Accra Community Church. No, the church is only one, one universal church. And everyone who has received Jesus as Lord and Savior, everyone who believes, had that conviction and had accepted it, that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, belongs to that church. Belongs to that assembly. He is part. He or she is part of that body of decision makers who implement the will of the Father here on earth. And so, Jesus says that this is what I've established. I am building my church. I am selecting my people who are the decision makers on earth, and those people will be based on this confession that you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. So that is the church of God. But beyond this, First Peter chapter 1, verse 2, verse 4 says that you are lively stones. Talking about the individual Christians. It says you are living or lively stones brought together to build a house for God. And you are a priesthood selected to sacrifice or present spiritual sacrifices which are presentable or acceptable to God. So the church is the only body on earth that can make a presentation to God that can be accepted. If you are part of the church, you represent God here on earth, a royal priesthood that is able to make spiritual sacrifices. Unto God. I want us to move to 1 Corinthians, first quickly to maybe Ephesians. <clears throat> the Bible talks about the purpose of the church here on earth. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 to 12, Ephesians chapter 3, sorry, it says to me, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 8 to 12, He says to me, the very least of all the sins, the grace was given so that I might proclaim to the Gentiles the immeasurable wealth of the Messiah and help everyone see how the secret that has been at work was hidden for ages by God who created all things. He did that so that now through the church, the wisdom of God, in all its variety, might be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realm, in keeping with the eternal purpose that God carried out through the Messiah Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and confident access through his faithfulness. Amen. The Bible says that God has given a mission to the church. There is a secret that has been hidden from ages, from the foundations of the world. There is a secret. The wisdom of God in its all variety. Now, what God is trying to do through this church, and what God is doing through his church, is to reveal this wisdom of God and confound the principalities and powers. And he is doing this through the church. But how can the church be effective in confounding or confusing or revealing God's wisdom to the principalities and powers? First, let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. From verse 12 to 31. Long scripture, but let me read. Talking about the church, when we meet as a congregation this way, what we need to do. For just as the body is one, and yet has many parts, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, from verse 12. For just as the body is one, and yet has many parts, and all the parts of the body, though many, form a single body, so it is with Christ. For by one spirit, all of us, Jews and Gentiles, slaves and free, were baptized into one body and were all privileged to drink from one spirit. For the body does not consist of only one part, but of many. If the food says, since I am not the hand, I'm not part of the body, that does not make it any less a part of the body, does it? And if the ear says, since I'm not the eye, I'm not part of the body, that does not make it any less a part of the body, does it? If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But now, God has arranged the parts, every one of them in the body according to his plan. Now, if all of it were one part, there, would be, there wouldn't be a body, would there? So then, there are many parts, but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you, or the head to the feet. I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are, in fact, indispensable. And the parts of the body that we think are less honorable are treated with special honor, and, and we make our less attractive parts more attractive. However. Our attractive parts don't need this. But God has put the body together and has given special honor to the parts that lack it so that there might be no disharmony in the body, but that its parts should have the same concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is praised, Every part rejoices with it. Now, you are the Messiah's body, and individual parts of it. God has appointed in the church first of all apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then those who perform miracles, those who have gifts of healing, those who help others, administrators, and those who speak various kinds of languages. Not all of us are apostles. Not all are prophets, not all are teachers, not all perform miracles, not all have the gift of healing, not all speak in foreign tongues, not all interpret, keep on desiring the better gifts, and now I'll show you the best way. Amen. Here, Jesus is telling us, Paul is telling us about the body of Christ, the church manifested as a body. And using the physical body, because the Bible says that Jesus is the head of the church, and we are the body of Christ. And every member has a role to play in the body. Every member, the moment you join the church, the moment you receive Jesus Christ in the spiritual church that God recognizes, you are part of the body, like a building. You are part of the blocks. You fit somewhere. And the moment that part is taken out, the building is incomplete. There is a gap. There's a loophole. In the same way, in the physical body, the moment any part of the body has a problem, the whole body struggles. So this morning, I have a problem with my truth. So the whole body is struggling. <laughs> So the moment a part of the body is under any trouble, the whole body must recognize that a part of us is in trouble and must not push that part aside, but must give that part the attention it requires. And so for God's work to be made manifest in the church, and God's purpose is to be at work and be manifested in the church. One key thing the church needs to do is to recognize that each one is very key to our survival as a church. We need one another. There are many giftings God has given to his church, manifesting in different ways. Some of us... May be selected to stand here to preach or to teach. But that's just a small part of what the church is to do. I love the fellowship time because it's a very essential part of church. When we minister to one another in our conversations, sometimes you may not even know the giftings that God has given to you. But somebody may have the gift of encouraging, somebody may have the gift of prophecy. Now, prophecy when we study the Bible is not only about foretelling the future. The Bible says that the testimony of Jesus Christ is the spirit of prophecy. So anytime you let Christ settle in the heart of anybody, you have prophesied. So if I come to you, and by encouraging you or by telling you something about Jesus, which strengthens your faith in Christ, which gives you that hope, that I can move on. There is no fear for my tomorrow. It is a prophecy. And there are people who are gifted in that way. That words that they speak are so much filled with grace. They may not stand here to preach. There are people who are gifted with administration. Whenever, as we sit here, there is somebody or one or two people who sees some things that... Mm, This can be improved upon, the way we do things. That is a gift God has given to you for the church. And you should be free to speak out to the leaders and say, can we improve on this? Can we change the way we do this? Because that is a gift God has given to you. And it adds quality to the service. The Bible says that when we worship God, Psalm 49 tells about spiritual things that happen. Just, I, I was impressed when I read the Bible to see that just clapping hands in worship combines spiritual, uh, what's the name, principalities and powers. Just by we worshiping, we bind spiritual um, principalities and powers. There are so much that is manifested when the church meets together as a body and we recognize one another the role of one another. So if I don't see you in church, I don't take it for granted because a part of us is not available. It is very important for every member of the church to recognize your role, how important. We play different roles and it manifests in different ways. And that completes purpose of Christ for his church. And so for whatsoever gifting God has given to you, see your role in the church and give that to the church to build the church. And the church is not only limited to a community like Accra Community Church or an assembly. We have different local gatherings of churches. Different, different and we are All trying to get a full understanding of the purpose of God and his work. We have differences in doctrines, differences in approach in doing things. But there is one foundation. Anyone that has that foundation is a member of the church. That Jesus is the Christ, the son of the living God. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your church. We thank you that Lord, through your church, you manifest yourself. You have given many gifts to the church. For some, you have given the ability just to pray for others and they get healed. Some for miracles, some for different giftings, words of encouragement, teaching, different grace have you granted to the church to manifest who you are. We pray that you help us come to that full potential of the Christ in us. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for listening to today's sermon. If it blessed you, share it with a friend. For more information on how to fellowship with Accra Community Church, visit our website, www.accrachurch.org. God bless you.